0: Well, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. How many of you stayed up until midnight? Raise your hands. Like four of you. How many of you haven't woke up yet because you stayed up till midnight? <laughs> I made it about 10 o'clock, and then it just like I was like done. I, was just, I checked out for the night. But we are here, and I am excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm a little bit in mourning. My, my team lost. Like, yeah, they lost. That was sad. I know. A collective awe, but that's okay. David's team lost, too. David's team lost worse in a worse way, in my opinion, than mine did. So mine I knew by, you know, fourth quarter it was over. His is like last, last gasp and, and then didn't make it. So I feel for you. I've been there, too. So anyway. Yay! I am glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here with all of you guys as we get to start out the new year. You guys excited for the new year? How many of you excited for the new year? How many of you glad 2022 is over? Some of you are glad, right? I am, I am so looking forward to 2023. But before we look forward, I think it, it, it does good to look back a little bit. Before we, we launch into 2023, I think it's important for us to, to think about where we've come from. Because this is talking about our vision for 2023. And I think to do so, we need to look back at where we've been. And one of the things, that, and Paul's already mentioned it, one of the things that we were able to do last year was finish our five-year study of the Bible. We as a church have gone through every single book, every single verse of the Bible in the last five years. I think it's an incredible accomplishment. I don't know very many churches that have done that at all. So the very fact that we together have walked through that, that's 250 sermons you have heard on every book of the Bible. It's pretty cool, don't you guys think? I think it's pretty awesome. And to complete that journey and walk through it, I, I think says a whole lot. Second thing that I think that we can look back in last year that we were able to recomplete was we got to the point where we have life groups on every day of the week again. And, and that was a huge accomplishment because right before the pandemic, we had reached a life group on every single day of the week. And then the pandemic hit and kind of destroyed everything as far as that went. We had to kind of, we really had to start over again. And last year represented a time where we got to get back into the place where we now have a life group again every day of the week. To be able to say, it doesn't matter what your schedule is. If you've got a day of the week that you have, a time of the week that you have off, we have a life group that you can be a part of. I think that that's really awesome that we've moved back into that. So those are two things. The third thing that I think we should be really, really happy about is we had about a dozen baptisms last year. I don't know if you guys realize, I've been here for 21 years, and that baptismal pool probably was used more last year than any singular year that I've been a part of the church. It's amazing to be able to see. Something we should look back on and say, praise God, we were here for that. You know, these are, these are accomplishments we should look at from 2022 to be very proud of. Very, very thankful to God that we were able to see these things happening. And to launch us forward into 2023. And so to do so, to think about where we're at, where we're going, what God has prepared us for, we need to realize a couple of things. God is preparing us and is building us. And that's why I'm excited about this year. One of the things you may not know or maybe you do know is that our mission statement, love God, love God's people, love serving God, really comes out of the idea of the Great Commission. And so I want to focus on that a little bit today as we kind of set out this vision for 2023. So the Great Commission found the in Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20, and it says this. And then Jesus came to them and said, "All authority on heaven and in earth has been given to me, and therefore go." And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. This is where our love God, love God's people, love serving God comes from. And we are called to make disciples. And our focus this next year is going to be on outreach and discipleship. You really can't have one without the other. So our focus next year is on outreach and discipleship because we're called as believers in Christ to make disciples. And right there in the Great Commission, we are given the three ingredients that Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven how to do so. The first one is this, we go. God has given us the message so that we might go. That we might share the word of God to other people. And since our mission is going to be outreach this next year, we want to give everybody opportunities to be able to reach out. So we're going to do this in a couple of different ways. One is through active outreach and evangelism. Something probably what we equate most, right? with this idea of evangelism, with this idea of outreach. It's an active form of it. It's us going up and inviting people to come to church, to come to a place where they can hear the gospel, to invite them out someplace where you can share the gospel personally, maybe doing a Bible study with them, maybe taking them to an event where you know the gospel is going to be presented. You know, one of the things we want to do here at Heights is is provide more and more opportunities for you to be able to bring your family, your friends, your co-workers, the people that you meet to a place where they're going to be introduced in some form or fashion to the message of Jesus Christ. And that's what we, we absolutely want to do. So we're going to have outreaches we're going to go to concerts we're going to go off and and do things and have game nights and why are we doing that to introduce people into community so that we can get into conversations of faith to introduce jesus christ to the world around us and you're going to see us doing that more and more it's why i'm so glad the men's group has been growing and and maintaining and and really deepening the relationship with one another and inviting other people in to be a part of it because guess what We're going to do a men's retreat again, and we're going to go out someplace, and we're going to enjoy sharing that message of Christ and inviting others to be a part of hearing the message of Christ when we go someplace to do that. We're going to do the same thing with our women's ministry. We're going to do the same thing with, with our youth ministry. Every opportunity that we get to be able to share the love of Jesus Christ and to take them places where they might hear about the love of Christ is what we're going to do. And this is what we equate. The number one place we can do that is on Sunday mornings here at church. Why do we invite people to church? Hopefully so that they'll come back again, right? They can be a part of community. But the ultimate reason why we invite anybody to church is so they'll hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of its fullness. When we look back into the scriptures, what we see is preparation from people to prepare the message of Christ to come in people's hearts. Jesus sent his disciples out, two by two, to each of the cities that he was going to go to. It wasn't like, Jesus is here, here we are. He sent disciples ahead of time. Why? Because Messiah is coming here. We want you to hear him for yourself. So they would go and prepare that place for them to receive Christ coming in. And they could make that decision for themselves whether or not they wanted to follow Jesus based upon the message of Christ once he got into that city. We do the same thing when we invite them to the church. We're not inviting people to the church to build the Heights Christian Church brand. I have no interest in that. We are here to build the kingdom of God. And as such, as long as you and i have the conviction and the confidence that the gospel of jesus christ is preached in this place in its fullness and unashamed we should be inviting people here because that's the reason why we're inviting them here not so that we can build heights christian church but so that we can build the kingdom of god kingdom of god so that people can come to know jesus christ When you're handing out those cards, it's not so that we can fill this place up so that we can say, look at how great Heights Christian Church is. If we do that, we have the wrong motivation. We're wanting to outreach for the kingdom of God. And as such, that puts me in a unique position because then I'm not necessarily in competition with other people who are going to other churches. You know, one of the things that happens here at the church is I get to interview a lot of the daycare teachers that come into this place. And when they come in, one of the things that I tell them is I tell them that this is a ministry. This is not just a job that you have. It's a ministry that you have. And when you come into this place, we want you to be building relationships with these families who are here. Because about half of them go to church and half of them don't. Half of them they have a relationship with Christ, and half of them don't. And we want to be able to reach these families for Jesus Christ, because that's the mission of our daycare, it's the mission of our church. And so I talk with the uh, the ladies who are coming in to be teachers in this place, in, different, in the different classrooms that we have, and I ask them a simple question, so if you get a point where you're building a relationship with a family, and you're going to invite them to church, Where are you going to invite them? And a lot of them thinking that they're, you know, I want to get the right answer. They don't know me very well because I give trick questions. It's like, well, I invite them to your church because this is where they're coming to to the daycare. Nope. Invite them to your church it's about the building of the kingdom of God, not the building of Heights Christian Church. I want these people to be in the kingdom of God. And if they go to Sagebrush and they're going there, they're going to Calvary, I'm not in competition with Sagebrush or Calvary. I'm in competition for lost souls who need Jesus Christ. And if they go to Sagebrush and they come to know Jesus, praise God. And if they go to Calvary and they come to know Jesus, praise God. And if they come to Heights, and they come to know Jesus, praise God. You know why? Because I know we're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ here. And that's the confidence that we have to have as we're inviting people to this place, that we're seeding an opportunity for them to come here to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they're going to hear it in all of its glory. And that the purpose for it is to see the kingdom of God grow. And yes, heights will grow as a result of it. But that's not the ultimate goal. We want to see the kingdom of God grow. We want to reach out to a world around us that needs Jesus Christ. So you're going to see more opportunities here. You're going to be given more opportunities. Maybe we're going to go out and do a concert this year. Wouldn't that be great? How many of you like music? Raise your hand. Sweet. Let's go find a Christian concert where they're going to proclaim Jesus Christ and invite a friend who may never, under, under a normal circumstance, walk into this church, but they'll go to with us. Down to a Christian concert. Might hear the message of Christ and then might start coming to church. Wouldn't that be cool? See, these are the active times that we're going to be building within the church. We want you guys to know go is very important. But it's not just the active portion of things. There's a passive portion of things too. I've been here 21 years. Do you know what has drawn more people into this congregation than anything else? Anybody got a guess? I just hear the whisperings. Come on, somebody be brave enough. No, not the daycare. Sorry, I wish that were true. Not true. The sign. That sign. Even before it was electronic. That sign, by far has brought in more people to this church than any single witness from this church. It's not a, I'm not blaming any of you, by the way. That's not a blame. It's just a recognition of things. You know, sometimes we can worry about the idea that we might be marketing our church too much, becoming worldly, and I definitely don't want to become that. But do you know what? I go around town right now, And almost everywhere, I see these little round stickers from sagebrush. How many of you have seen them? They're on bumpers. They're on the windows. They're everywhere. And I wonder how many people have gone to sagebrush, not because anybody had actively witnessed to them, but simply because God was already working in their heart. They're getting ready to go someplace. They're thinking, you know what? I need to go to church. I keep seeing these stickers of sagebrush everywhere. So I guess I'll go over there. It's not an active witness, but it's a passive one. It's one that says, I'm unashamed of the church that I'm going to, because guess what? People are going to find life there through Jesus Christ because it's proclaimed. And so we need to get that back here at Heights. And so one of the things that we've been working on, which hopefully by next week we will have up and running because we've been working on an online store where you guys can buy merchandise for Heights Christian Church and display it. Why? Why? For one reason, one reason only. You never know when somebody is looking at you thinking, you know what, I've been thinking about going to church. You're walking down the mall. You don't know what's going through their minds, what's going through their lives, what it is that triggers them to want to go someplace. How many people have come because of the sign? How many people would come if we just had a bumper sticker A window sticker that hides Christian church, love God, love God's people, love serving God. T-shirts, sweatshirts, anything that you'd be willing to wear. You know why? Because I love my church and I have no no shame about what we're about. We've already got a lot of templates that are up, believe it or not. Sweatshirts, T-shirts, baseball shirts. We've got magnets. We've got um, coffee mugs. Been working on this in the background for the last three months. Gonna have an online store tell you where to get all this stuff at. Not for the purpose of building up Heights Christian Church, but being a passive witness so that people who are looking for a place that like you don't know what's going on in their hearts at that time, they see that and they see that that might be a place that God wants me to go. You know, driven down the road and I've seen three bumper stickers. Three. I don't know why I did that. Three bumper stickers. So Three bumper stickers for Heights Christian Church. Maybe I should try it out. You know what, my, my friend, I can tell that they go to Heights not because I asked them and not because they necessarily invited me, but they brought that coffee mug and it keeps staring me in the face while they're there. And it becomes a passive witness to the people who are around us. Believe it or not, that passive witness is outreach because people see you proclaiming where they can hear the gospel truth of Jesus Christ. We need to get back to that. You know, it's going to be great. We're going to be wearing, we're going to be wearing our own merchandise. I can't tell you, so I'm wearing my Clemson stuff today and I did it on purpose. Why did I wear it? Because I've gotten in so many conversations just by wearing my Clemson stuff. Did you know there is a daycare family here where the father went to Clemson, is a full-fledged Clemson fan. He gets together with five or six others every Saturday to watch Clemson football games. Did you guys know this? I did. You know why? Because during one of my times for the daycare orientation time, I'm wearing my Clemson stuff. And we got into a conversation about this. You don't think that if you wore a shirt that said something about Heights Christian Church, love God, love God's people, love serving God, that people won't notice and somebody might actually ask you about the church you go to? you talk about an awesome witness like, God, just put it right there in front of me. All because I'm unashamed of the church I go to because I know they're going to hear the gospel here. This is part of the going. And it's a passive witness, and we need to get that back. So we're working on that. Hopefully by next week, I can give you a place where you guys can all go, and then we can all spend all of our Christmas money on the merchandise so that people will know where we're from, okay? So that's what we're going to do, right? Woohoo! I'm excited. But going is just part of it. Going is important part of it. But the other thing that we want to see is the second thing that we look in the Great Commission, is a baptism, right? Baptizing, when we get to the point where we're sharing the message of Jesus Christ to those who are around us, and they get to the point where they're ready to make that profession of faith in front of everybody else to say, "I'm, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm ready, whatever that that next step is, I'm I'm ready and I want you there to be a part of that. That idea of the Great Commission is All of ours. And it's one of the things that we try to do here at Heights because all of us are called to complete the Great Commission. And it starts first and foremost at home. So parents, please understand this. You've got children in your home. Those are the ones we should be discipling first. If we spend more time on the people outside of our family than those inside of our family, that's that's the wrong message. It just is. We should want, first and foremost, for our sons, for our daughters, for our spouses to be in a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. And when they come to Jesus, they they come to you and they say, hey, I'm ready to be baptized. And we walk through because they're going to come and talk with me concerning that baptism. We're going to walk them through and say, are you ready? Do you understand what all of this means? And at the end of that explanation, when they say that they're ready for all of that and all of that that it entails, I'm going to ask them, who do you want to baptize you? I would love it if they called your name. Man, I would love it if they could hold your name. I've had the privilege of being up there. And I look forward to the privilege of doing that again up in those baptismal waters for those who I've had an influence of. But God has called all of us, you and me, to share the good news of Jesus Christ to those around us beginning with our family. But it doesn't just stop with them. It's our coworkers. It's our friends. It's our other family members. It's those acquaintances maybe that we met here at the church because they came one Sunday and we were the ones who befriended them and we invited them in. To talk with them more about Jesus. And they've got grown on fire about Jesus because of you. When they're ready to be baptized, they're saying, That person right there, you're the one I want to baptize me. Because you've had that influence in my life. I want to see that. I love the fact we had a dozen people baptized this last year. I look forward to seeing more than that this year. Because of the influence that you guys are having. Uh, The idea that we're already stepping into this outreach. is shown by those baptismal waters being stirred the way they have been. I'm super excited. I really hope you are too. But it's not just those things. Because the third thing on there is to teach. To teach them to obey everything that God has commanded us. Back in the 80s and 90s, there was this movement of seeker-sensitive churches. And the seeker-sensitive churches have been looked at there's been whole studies on what they did because they kind of ballooned up and they had all these programs that came out they had all these outreach ministries and all these altar calls and all these people who came forward to to profess their faith and be baptized in the name of the lord jesus christ but after 25 years one of the things that they noticed with the seeker sensitive movement was that they hadn't really built that many disciples But people were coming, but they weren't growing. Or they were, quote unquote, converted, but 10 years later, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between their life before Jesus and after Jesus. They they weren't living that new creation that Paul was talking about. The seeker-sensitive movement overall, even by those who started it as proclaimed to be kind of a failure because it focused on conversion and not discipleship making. And so for all the excitement of reaching out that we're going to have, by the way, We're going to have these exciting moments of reaching out. It's not a goal in and of itself to have an altar call for people to say, I want Jesus, and let's be baptized, and that's kind of the end of it. That that sounds a little bit like camp to me. We get on this emotional high that we confuse for a spiritual high. And two years later, nothing's really changed. Because we didn't have a transformation based upon a relationship with Christ, but focused on an event. We want to make sure we don't make that mistake. And don't get me wrong, we see events all throughout the Bible. People were gathered to be where Jesus was so that they could be introduced into Christ to teach them to obey all the things that God has commanded them. As part of what we're supposed to do. To become a follower of Jesus is to follow in obedience, so we don't want to leave them lonely. This is why it's so important, and Paul mentioned this earlier, it's so important for you guys to get involved in a life group, in our church, for two reasons. One is for yourself, but it's also for the other people that you're going to want to reach for Jesus Christ. Somebody comes into this church, hasn't been here before, you want to bring them into a smaller-knit community where they can be fostered and encouraged, corrected, loved, loved, And growing in their faith in Jesus Christ. They can be held accountable. Because guess what? On a Sunday morning, I see all of you who are here. I have no idea what's going on in most of your lives. You're going to walk out of this place and you're going to have another week that goes on. Who's encouraging you in your faith? Who's encouraging you to walk faithfully with Christ? See, this is what our small groups are for. And how are you going to encourage somebody else if you don't have that fellowship already built into your life? This is why it's so important for you to be a part so you have some place to bring somebody else. Those of you who are part of life groups, whether you're a life group leader or not, you should be looking for new people in this place every week to make sure that they're plugged in someplace. How else are they going to be taught to obey all the things that Christ commanded if they're not in that fellowship outside of what they hear during this teaching time, this brief teaching time of 40 minutes to 3 hours, depending on how long I go? (laughs) It's okay, we're coming up on hour one. But we need it. I need it. You need it. They need it. It's not just about them walking in the door, making a profession of faith and baptizing them. It's to watch them grow up in the faith. To be an active part of their life as they're growing in the faith. And I want to tell you something right now. What I am calling you to and what we're going to do this next year together as we walk this out is not an easy thing to do. I don't want to be I don't want to be uh, a false, uh, what is it? Use, Carl, use, Carl, car, uh, use Carl, Carl, good grief. Carl, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to sell you. Uh, use car salesman. I cannot talk. That phrase is just not coming out of my mouth. But I'm not trying to sell you a bill of goods that's too good to be true. It's going to be one of the hardest journeys you've ever partaken in. Teaching people faithfulness to Jesus Christ will break your heart because as people begin to walk that path, you're going to find out some are going to count the cost and think it's not worthy. When they're in your life group and you have taken the time to spend with them for years and they just don't care anymore, They walk out of the door and they walk out of fellowship. I want to prepare your hearts. That's part of the reality of outreach. We read in the scriptures as we have this past year. We see Jesus looking at the crowds who are eager to follow him when times were good. But when times got hard, how many left? Even in John chapter 6 where it gets so bad that Jesus turns to his disciples and says, You don't want to leave too, do you? Outreach is not going to be easy. Because there's going to be a lot of people we're going to invest our time in. That we want to see them grow and love Jesus with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And they're just not going to want it. And it's going to leave you heartbroken. And I don't say that to deter you. I say that to prepare you. And it's going to make you gun-shy when it happens. And it's going to make you feel like, should I reach out again? Should I go out? I want to go out. I, I want to share the love of Jesus Christ to the world around me. And I want to do this, but I don't want to be hurt like that again. I just want you to know. That's part of the reality of reaching out. There's an excitement to it. But when it hits, when that, when those bad times, when those hard times, those falling away times hit, those, those hit hard. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here for you. And others who have walked this path, they're here for you. And we will pray with you and we will cry with you over those souls that just don't want Jesus and we'll pray for their return. And we'll pray for your heart to be renewed again, to get back in the game and to go. As I have grown older, I have come to love certain verses of Scripture that originally I kind of just glanced over. One of my favorite verses of scripture, I know I've mentioned it up here before, but, but in the context of how all of this works itself out for us and reaching out and, and discipling people, the way Jesus discipled them, to see them become, become mature, is Third John, just a small epistle. Verse 4, it says this, I, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. For all the pain that I'm preparing you for, I I don't want to to make it less than the joy that I have by seeing people continue to walk in the truth. Over a dozen years ago, I had a young man in my youth group show up as a sophomore, became a little bit more interested in the things of God, Became one of my leaders. Would graduate. Continue on. Decided to want to be an adult leader in our youth group. Spent several years there working with me, making videos, doing all different types of stuff. Eventually found a wife there. Kept working to the point where I didn't really have any more that I could teach him without him just taking over on his own. So he did for a couple of years in the youth group till COVID hit. This past year, God called him away. So what does he do? He's over in North Carolina with Tessa. And after being there for a short period of time, He realized God wanted him to continue to work with youth because he had a passion for youth still. I wonder where he got that from. And in a very short period of time, guess what he's doing now? He's the one running the youth group at their church because he knew how to run it here. And he's calling me, how do you set this up? How do you do these types of things so great? That joy is mine. That joy is mine. Over this Christmas break, it's been nice to see all of these former youth come back. Seeing how well they're doing, walking with the Lord, doing amazing things. That joy is mine. I got a text yesterday from Sydney who said, you know what, I'm going through the Bible again and, I, and I'm trying to find a chronological Bible. Can you help me out with that? Well, pastor doesn't want to hear that, right? <laughs> it's like, You want a chronological? I got a chronological Bible. Just show up, I'll, I'll give it to you. So she has it today. So it was awesome to be able to give it to her. But you know what? The Nordquists who hear that their daughter is asking for a chronological Bible, that joy is theirs that joy is mine because they're walking with Christ. Seeing Brody here along with Court and Ella sitting next to their parents, guess what? That joy is ours because we get to see them together continuing to walk in the Lord. Speak of Alana, I can speak of Noah who's over there playing guitar over at Calvary. How cool is that! And to see him married with Jamie right now. And to go over to their house and and be blessed to be able to see in their house. They're reading these things. They're increasing their faith because they're being challenged to grow in their faith. That joy is mine. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's worth everything. Every single one of those hard times that I'm talking to you about. I could talk about Paul and Haiti. I could talk about Andrew and Janine. I could talk about a bazillion other people that I've had the privilege to see in this place and to encourage. And for every heartbreak I have, I have one for where my joy is full because they continue to walk in the truth. Man, I love that. I want that joy. Not just for me. I want it for you. But you only get it. You only get it. I only get it. When we reach out, we're doing the things that God has called us to do in outreach and in discipleship. He has prepared you better than you realize. These last five years, you've been here these five years. You have been through the Bible, 250 sermons. You don't think you're ready? You are ready. You just need to be convicted and committed and stepping forward and realizing these things are before you. The heartbreak and the joy that come together. You know why? Because it's the only way to find out how God is going to use you. You! God wants to use you to change the lives of the people who are around you. Your coworkers, your friends, your other family members. You have no idea until you go. And when you do, and if God gives you that privilege to baptize, which I pray he does, so you can have that fulfillment of, I'm I'm accomplishing the Great Commission, and you continue to walk with them, and you see them in maturity, and then they're leading their own life groups, or they're going off to another church, and they're becoming leaders there. You know why? Because you've had an influence in their life. That joy is yours. And it's why we do what we do. Does that sound like a future you guys want to be a part of? Because that's what we're moving toward. You know, this first five years that we did through the Bibles, building a foundation for ourselves. The next five years are building a foundation for somebody else. Oh, we have opportunities. People we can invite, people we can get in conversations with after church on Sunday. Like, what's Pastor Jeremy doing wearing that Clemson shirt there? Doesn't he know that it should be this other team? You start talking about the things of God in the middle of all of that. Having conversations that change the life because the Spirit of God wants to use you, your gifts, both actively and passively everything to glorify himself so that your joy may be in him and your joy may be complete by seeing others that you've mentored continuing to walk in the truth. Isn't that cool? That's what we're building in 2023. That's what we're going forth for. That's the vision. And it's my goal to give tools to all of you who have been here for a while so that God can continue to use you in increasing measure to reach your friends, to reach your families for Jesus. And it starts with us being unashamed and convicted and committed and saying, this is where people need to be to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? Some of you right now, hearing that might be a little intimidated. Good. This is a task bigger than you anyway. It's bigger than me. It only can be accomplished by the work of God in you and you being obedient to his call to go out and make disciples. To go, to baptize, to teach them to obey everything that God commanded him. And so I have a prayer for each one of you that I'm just going to read from the scripture. Because if you're walking this journey with Jesus, this is his goal for you. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That he who began a good work in you that this journey that you had started with Jesus Christ was always to make disciples. And now that you're going to step into this and we're going to do this together in our outreach, and our discipleship, he is going to bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You and I are not capable of such things, but he is. And he wants to use you. I want all of you to experience that joy. I really do it will be worth every bit of pain of the journey because you know that God will use you in his grace and his mercy to make a difference in other people for the sake of Jesus. God, thank you so much for today. As we lay out this vision for 2023, God, let us be about your great commission. Let us be about making disciples. Give us the courage to go. Give us the privilege to baptize. Give us the confidence to teach, not according to our wisdom, but to obey everything you've commanded. God, we leave the results to you, but we glory that you wish to use us. Thank you for beginning us on this journey. God, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you're going to bring to completion. Make our joy complete. In Jesus' name, amen.